0: The Stage Door Show, celebrating the independent artist, with your host, Dave Hondell. Welcome to the Stage Door Show tonight. This is Dave Hondel. Uh, tonight's guest is an accomplished dancer, actor, musician, and all-around amazing performer. And I want to welcome to the show Mr. Aaron Dallavilla. Aaron, thank you for joining us tonight.
1: Dude, Dave, it's a, it's a pleasure, man. I love your work, man. I looked up your uh, Instagram, you know, and I'm just I'm just a big fan, and I'm, I'm so happy to be a part of the show, man.
0: Well, thank you, Aaron, and so are we. Uh, again, I we we kind of talked a little bit before we started here, but you know, I know you have an extensive dance background, mm-hmm. and you know, multiple talents. You know, not only dancer, but actor and and, and musician, but. You know, you're working with it as a dancer, you know, and I know my, my daughter's been a dancer for years, so I understand the discipline that goes into being a dancer at such a high level for yourself as well. The discipline, I mean, do you think that that kind of, uh, you know, gives you a little bit of an advantage to be an actor?
1: 100%. Uh, dancing, the discipline itself, because in dance, you know, you're at the bar seven hours. You start with plies, you move to tendus, degages, and so on and so forth before the floor work So that's how I approach a script now. Like I have a whole system or if I get an audition, I'm not just like flying by the seat of my pants. I actually have a breakdown of how to understand the work and understand the text and still put my best foot forward. That's original and that's me because we've moved into the age of personality. That's what sells a job now. People, you know what? It's like – I was talking with someone to veer off a little from ASCAP today and they were like, yeah, it's not about so much your songs anymore. It's that if people like you, they'll like the music. So dance has tremendously helped me adapt to acting and especially film and stage acting where it's all choreography. It is all choreography because You know, learning how to land certain lines better when you're on camera and let's say the camera's here, you're having the conversation with someone and you look off and if you want to really make a line home, like land a line that helps the editor cut to the next film part to tell, help tell the story. You learn those things so that you can turn at the right moment and deliver that line and craft right. that performance so that the editor can really tell that vision. And that's so that your work does make the editing floor because there are plenty of people. If your work is all over the place and you're not aware of the camera because if it's not captured on camera, it doesn't matter what you did. You could right. be doing an Oscar-winning performance if no one sees it on camera. So dance is tremendously I aided towards uh, uh, my acting pursuits.
0: You know, and Aaron, you, you mentioned something really interesting, and I'm glad you did, because uh, being an editor myself, you know, it, it's it makes it easier when when actors do, like you said, they block, you know, appropriately, and and they look at the right right way, and and even breath, the breath that they take. You know, when you have to cut it at a certain part, it really helps the editor, and it takes a lot less time to edit something if the actor is hitting their marks, let's, let's say, uh, or understands the editing process, because I know you have written, produced, and edited a lot of different things of your own, mm-hmm. so you understand that as an actor, again, not just as a dancer, but as an editor, you know, you, you understand that, so I think it's important, like you said, for actors to understand that there's, you know, there, there's a piece of this that goes beyond what they're doing, mm-hmm. and there's a, a whole post-production <laughs> process, you know, that goes into it, so I'm glad you mentioned that.
1: It, thank you. It takes a whole army. And, you know, back in January, I had the opportunity to first AD a feature film. Okay. And in and in December, I second AD'd a feature film that I acted in both of those as well. Not as a lead actor, but as a side supporting sure. character. That work on being opposite side of the camera has taught me more about acting than most acting classes ever will sure because you know when acting classes get into the emotive stuff and emotion and stuff sure that's all great but that's not your job your job is to tell the story and now when i look at a piece of text film is told through behavior it's told through – it's a picture medium. It's picture to picture. It's a moving picture. Right. And it's told through behavior. So if you can find the behavior your character is doing and then craft it in the rehearsal process to where you land certain things, and then when you get on set, let it go and hope that it's going to be there, you'll really uh, make the editor happy. Right. So, so I'm happy. Um,
0: and then the uh, director happy yeah. as well, right?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what's crazy is that – um, I'm finding more and more that a lot of these directors don't have final cut really unless it's yeah unless it's in their contract like I just did this movie when you I feel like when you get into like bigger budget stuff a lot of the directors, it's based on their contract. The producers are the ones who have final cut. Yeah. Unless the director... And that's why you hear these wars between, like, release the Snyder cut. You know what yeah, I mean? right, like, right, right. Because there are all many powers that be. There's more kitchen. There's more people in the room who decide what's going to happen. So if I can make it easiest for the editor to do it so it doesn't have to come down to... Uh, producer director's decision you know what I mean yeah uh, I always I always prefer to um i I just want to make the process easier for post-production Sorry. because that's where the movie gets cut I can do whatever I work I want in front of film and this is this is I'm really more and more like you set out a film is kind of like this. Like It's kind of like a boat that everyone gets on, and on the upper level, kind of like the Titanic, the upper level is like the actors and the nice swaysy whatever and stuff, and underneath in the bunker, it's the crew shoveling coal to try to put out the fires or keep the boat going, and there's holes being plugged, and they've got to keep plugging, putting out fires to keep the ship from sinking. Right. So anything I can do to make the whole process better uh, and easier because then post-production is the whole other half. And if my work, it could be the greatest take I've ever done, but if the camera's off or I'm not looking, whatever, and it doesn't cut to the other person, then my work won't see the light of day. So that's yeah. how I approach a script now where I'm like, okay, how can I make sure that this gets seen and not passed up on the editing floor?
0: No, yeah, that's well said. i yeah. um, glad you brought, brought that up because, you know, talking about the, you know, the crew and, you know, I've talked about this and with some of the other actors that I've interviewed, but uh, you know, I'm going to ask you this question because I, I, I think you get it. Yeah. Uh, treating everybody on the set the same because you never know what that person's going to be in the future, right? I mean, it's just, right?
1: The the more, it's like, all right, like I'm going to, uh, I, I didn't have a movie in Tribeca, but I auditioned for Ray Romano's movie that went to, you know, somewhere in Queens, that became Come Somewhere in Queens. A buddy of mine beat it out for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I auditioned for The Matrix, you know, West Side Story, you know, Um It's a really small world. Right. And the more high-profile projects you get, you really start to see the same players. Right. And the first thing I hear when I sit down in that makeup chair, they talk about famous actors they've worked with and whether or not they were nice or they were assholes.
0: Right. Exactly. And you you
1: really have to make a point – as actors to not only be nice but go out of your way to be even nicer to the PAs, the gaffers, the grips. I mean because the crew is working – I mean the part of the actor is in auditioning. You, you go on so many auditions, you play the lottery. I mean, I went out for um The Boys, you know, went out for the lead in The Boys. They went with Dennis Quaid's son, you know what I mean? Sure. Talented actor, does a great job, but I don't know the inner workings of, hey, the producers, who had an in with it, nepotism, like all of those side conversations I'm totally unaware of. And that's why it's not my job to think about what they want. My job is to just present Aaron Dallavilla and what I think of the character and do it. And then if I'm lucky to win the job, which is like winning the frickin' lottery, Right, right, yeah. Especially if you're someone like me who came from nothing, who did not have an inside source, who just grinded it out and still grinds it out every day. Every project, no matter what the budget is, I'm giving 110% of it. I'm not phoning it in uh, so that when I'm lucky enough to win that job, I'm grateful, I'm humble on set, and I treat every single person with respect, 100%, because on the last project I worked, there was already talk about there's a specific actor they were dealing with who was a pain in the ass and stuff. And you don't want that because word travels because decisions are made like this. Right. They'll literally be in the casting room, and I found this out the last movie I shot. It wasn't through my agent. It was through a producer who saw me in a movie five years ago who's been following my career without me even knowing. And when this project came across their desk, she said, this is your guy. Check out his reel. and it wasn't offer only i still had to do the work i still auditioned like that's my job the actor's job is to audition because once you get on set you're treated like a king you're treated like a queen you're treated like a prince so it's so important to just be grateful and nice to everyone on set because then later down the road when those other opportunities with people, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I saw you worked with so-and-so. How were they on set? And because as an actor, you are so replaceable at no matter what level. Yeah. Even if you're Leo DiCaprio or if you're whatever, you're replaceable, man. You're yeah. like, all right, we'll go with Bradley Cooper. You know what I mean? sure So you have to be – um you just have to be genuine and grateful, and just really focused on the work, and just a joy to work with. Yeah. That's that's almost Trump's talent. Yeah, you know, do you do have to have the whole package, including promoting yourself with social media? But I really think that who you are and and if you're sure you're talented, you killed the audition. But can these people spend 10 to 12 hours to 14 hours a day with your personality? And right. if they can <laughs> yeah. and they fall in love with you, you will work. Right, and right. you don't have to be the best actor.
0: Yeah. You know, and and talk about um, talk about social media because I, I think, you know, being able to connect years ago we didn't have it. So now I think actors, it's almost like a it's a blessing to have it. Because uh, you're able to connect with the fans that that are prom- that um, that watch you and that support you, and so talk about the importance of connecting with those people that support you,
1: dude. Uh, it's it's crucial because I'm realizing that it's so much more important to have ten diehard fans than it is a hundred sort of mediocre fans. Because those 10 diehard die hard fans will promote everything you'll do. They'll watch everything you'll do. And that brings you value as an actor. If you have a solid social media following, plus the talent, plus you're not a dick, yeah. and you do the work.
0: More importantly, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. You're, you're, I mean, but first off, it's the work. Right. You gotta do the work. Bottom line, you gotta do the work. And I've worked with a lot of actors where you get on set and you're like, Oh, you you're just doing this for a paycheck or whatever and stuff. The work first and foremost, you gotta do the work. But when you have those additional incentives of like I have a social media following, I'm verified, I have real fans, you bring more equity to the table because you're not just an actor and an artist, you're a business. Right. And that's what it is. You're selling your business.
0: Right. Um, well, talk about that. I mean, cause you know, it, we always ask our actors or singers to give advice to our up and coming indie artists. And I think that's one of the most important things that people need to understand that I think as one of the pitfalls that uh, people, I mean, famous people have even uh, fallen into is they didn't take it as a business. They didn't understand it as a business until they were wronged, I guess, by either a studio or a record company. Uh, so talk about the importance of being a business man or woman uh, in, in the arts.
1: Always have a lawyer or... Um... You know, man, even even agents uh, who have so many clients that are specifically your type as well, and they're just throwing stuff at a wall to see if it sticks, and if it happens to stick, they'll keep throwing you auditions and stuff, and then even if you get with a big one, and then you're not hot anymore, you could easily be dropped. Managers are a little more hands-on. Find someone who knows legal contracts before you sign these kind of things to make sure you're not being screwed and for actors if there's any way you can find yourself into getting equity on a project that's where the real money's at producers make their money it's it's not on the initial salary it's on the royalties that's where you make your money um and the real money made today is in tv with you know, residuals, etc., and stuff. But if you can find your your way into getting some form of equity or becoming an executive producer at some point, and that's why you see a lot of these big-time actors, Bradley Cooper, uh, and a lot of these people having their directorial debuts, their executive producer. I mean, Zachary Quinto helped produce Margin Call, you know, that movie a while back with Kevin Spacey, um, and... Uh, yeah, um, if you can find a way to get some sort of equity in that, that's really important. Don't sign anything with having a lawyer look over it, especially if it's a music contract. Because the I mean, you want to talk acting is a dirty game; music is an even dirtier game. <laughs> Absolutely. And there can be those three hundred and sixty deals where they own you, and you think you're fine. And then you go out and buy jewelry because it's part of the game. Right. You know what I mean? If that's what your music is to promote, you know, that sort of like high life, flex lifestyle and stuff.
0: And you Um, find out that you have to pay it back. (laughs) And
1: you have to pay it back. And a lot of people end, and you've heard too many stories of people ending in um, total bankruptcy and owing money back. So... Yes, treat yourself as not just a talent, but a business and f- find ways where you can generate passive income rather than just using your time to make money.
0: Yeah. You know, Aaron, speaking of music, I you know, I, I gotta tell you, man, I, I went on your website and you have some really, really nice uh, songs out there, some great songs, some rap songs, bring it, Demon Killer, Smooth Johnny, Conspiracy. Uh, D20, the Alpha alpha Rift Tribute. I mean, you have some really good stuff out there, man. I'm really, really impressed by your music. And, uh, you know, kudos to the stuff you're putting out there. But Bring It, Conspiracy, you know, talk about those songs because I I really like the vibes of those songs.
1: It's funny, like, I didn't start putting this stuff out till COVID, till COVID dropped, and uh, I was like, man, what do I do? The acting industry shut down. I said I've been sitting on these raps, it's time to put it out there. I was in a boy band, so thus bring it was born. like you a take my slippers, I had a rap, and I said, you know what? I collaborated with Paul Anthony of Full Force. They were back in the 80s. Paul is still making moves. The guy's a grinder, is a hustler. Uh, they worked with Sync, Backstreet Boys, Lisa Lisa, Cult Jam. So I was being mentored by him in such a way. We're actually going to be having another song drop that is, I think, is very apt for the TikTok market. Uh, I got to get creative on what sort of thing that I can create with the song to kind of create something trending. Because the name of the game, as you know, it's all about putting out there. Yeah. Um, And then the other one, Conspiracy, that was my first track that – I wanted to have it modeled after Eminem's Mockingbird, which was one of my favorite uh, artists. Individualism is fear-driven. Always wondering if anybody gets in. Security systems. This is the devil's mission. Secret societies that divided me from counterparts. Headphones and technology, service, not your body art. Money and machines. All about the green with lustre it gleams. Chases the American dream. Even today, three percent of the wealth lies in paper currency. If you feel what I'm saying, then we see the same things so rock back tip top hats no shock fact spin syntax for thumbtacks who melt like ice caps backtrack centuries apart conscious is a thing of the past because there's no hard slaves economic or shopping at walmart little do they know how they play a part distracted by deals and microwavable meals the whole state is an attic for uncle sam's pills and, there is and very grave danger. I said, I have this song, I have these lyrics, I've been waiting on it for years, I finally have this booth, let's do it. And I yeah. just started putting it out there and putting it out there and believe it or not, the music started picking up steam. And then people are like, when's your next song release? They started listening to the music. The followers started a thing. But that's only because I've been consistent in putting out music. And I have a lot more releases on the way and those that are in development. And now I have a more structured plan. And I have an opportunity now with this movie dropping next week to combine the two. And I got into this idea with... Rather than just being like Dalla Villa, who makes a specific type of music, these characters I do in these movies are these real, like, out there sometimes people, and if I'm playing a rapper, I gotta make his music. So my next drop is Dalla Villa as Tiny Hammer, from the motion picture all those small things, mother goose. People look at the album art, they're like, oh, cause you kinda have to put it in front of people's faces. Cause every day we're getting onslaught by Instagram this, the world's ending this, yeah. news news this. There's this there's so much content speaking out the the death of the movie star. We have so many actors that will never become household names but will be continuous working actors. Right. I hope to carve a path that makes me a uh, a a no, well-known actor, but what I'd like to create is my own TV show on a higher level with the right people where I star in it and I right. also executive producer
0: on. Right, it. right. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be that's, fantastic. That's
1: the dream because then yep. not only am I, you know, not only do I have equity in mm-hmm. it, but also like I'm I'm the sh- I'm the face of it. Right. Kind of right. like lin Manuel Miranda. I mean right. he spent years working on um Hamilton. They laughed at him when he rapped about it in front of President Obama and stuff, and then it became this sensational piece. can't listen to other people. If you have a dream, if you have an idea, you just have to put it out there, and you keep putting out there, because you know what? Some people are not going to like some things, and some people are.
0: I completely agree with that, and I also want to talk about some of your TV and film work like Immortal. You were Kyle in the Mortal Alpha Rift. Uh, you played Nolan uh, Duels, uh, the, the TV series. You were Malcolm. Uh, the Sauce Boys, which you wrote, directed, and also the art director. And what else didn't you do with that one? Uh, and Pledge. You know, I got to tell you that I, I was so impressed by your character in Pledge because I think that in this day of, of hazing, you know, with the, with, the, with the college hazing and all that, I mean, I, I, I just, I really kind of connected with that Um that uh that film and that character so i thought that you know that was amazing but the sauce boys i mean that was a short that you wrote and directed and i mean that must have been an amazing project just to see the whole thing from beginning to end
1: and you know what we made the sauce boys for no money yeah yeah, yeah i mean like my buddy james pontillo we did a short that he directed then he brought me this idea he said i loved your character in that and he said i have this script and i said i kind of begged him i said let me direct this right. let me let me do something fun it's fun you know we shot it for nothing we just had a blast and uh You know, it's one of those things that I can look back and be like, okay, this is where I was when I did uh, uh, when I directed something, and then I can show the growth for when I do do my feature film directorial debut. I don't. I'm not in any rush to do that right now, but but it was uh, it was just a uh, an amazing experience because I learned from every time, and I really love directing. Yeah. I like directing because you're in a lot of creative control. I like to have a lot of creative control. Or when I'm acting, I like to work with directors that allow me to do my thing.
0: Exactly. Like Pledge. And that's
1: why I think people really like Pledge because I was working with this amazing director, Daniel Robbins, Mm -hmm. um, who after Pledge got signed with – CAA. Wow. And him and I worked on two more other projects that are in post-production. I think one of them is going to blow their minds. Yeah. And the other one is an origin story of me. Like, oh, wow. Well, you see my struggle. Like yes. You see me grinding. You see me right. catering. You see me whatever. And that movie, we've submitted it to festivals. They've all been denied. That movie is not going to be... Out, I think, until they're like, okay, we want to know the Aaron Dallavilla story. Right. You know, so the, I see that project as a five years, 10 years down the road. Sure. No matter how long it takes. Right. Because it's in good shape. Um, uh, Immortal was a project I did That was directed by Rob Margulies. It's a four part anthology, you know, you know, starring, you know, Tony Todd, Sam Levine. Uh, I never met with, I never met Tony Todd. I didn't go to the premiere, but to be in a movie with him was really cool. Right. Uh, And to work across Dylan O'Brien, who was just so down to earth and just a fantastic actor. Right. uh, That was a really rewarding experience. Uh, Alpha Rift is uh, something directed by Dan Lance, who has become a frequent collaborator, and it was my you know lead Marty McFly type that's right. appealing to gamers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Camelot for gamers. It appeals to gamers. Sure. It appeals to kids, you know, and young adults like man children, if you will.
0: Right, <laughs> and
1: uh, I think and and it's gotten listen. It's gotten good reviews. It's gotten bad reviews. Mm-hmm. Any movie that gets good and bad reviews I think is worth watching.
0: Oh, for because sure. Because
1: anything good is polarizing, in my right. opinion. Right, Where you right. have people who are like, I didn't like it. I liked it. So, great. Yeah. Um. And then Pledge, Immortal, uh, Alpha Rift,
0: and yeah, Duels, it, uh it's a TV duels. series, yeah, Duels. Yeah.
1: That that was like my first kind of break. Yeah, um, yeah. I had been grinding in New York living uh student student films, you know, just and from Chicago as well. I was a ballet dancer before that I transitioned to acting student student films in Chicago. Yeah. I got a break in Chicago. I played in a movie with Paul Servino. Yeah, Good I saw the that. Hellas and stuff. And I was a three I was like three days on a you know, I played a teenager wrapped in a murder. Uh, I, then I got involved in um the New York scene and my first break was duels. It yeah. was six weeks down in Miami. It was for a new platform that was Quibi before it was Quibi. OK, that so was like black bills created by some French billionaire. Sure. And it was it was 10, 10 minute episodes. I played the lead in that. I played this really interesting character who becomes a marksman uh, uh, from a young age where his dad trained him and his dad was jealous of him. And he wanted to duel me, but I said no. So he went after my mom. So I duelled my dad, and I Mm -hmm. killed him when I was sixteen. The kid went to therapy, and then because of the basis of stand your ground laws in Florida, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I tell you, it's a, it's a, it's ahead of its time.
0: Sure, right. The
1: series, and I'm sad because I don't think anybody can find duels anymore. Yeah. Unless it's in some like foreign market. Yeah. Uh because I-, I thought it was some of my f- it was some of my favorite early work I've done. The character was very subtle. He had this sort of like burning angst inside of him. I found it really interesting and that was where that was where after the shoot the director kind of pulled me aside was like, "Hey man, I think things are really going to happen for you." So, yeah just make sure that you take care of the directors take care of the producers yeah. take care of the crew take care of casting take care of your agents managers yeah be nice to everyone because right. i really think it's going to happen for you right and then right after duels i shot pledge yeah and then from there on it's just kind of like being getting into more and more high fo- high profile projects
0: yeah, well-deserved, well you know, Aaron. I mean, I just can't say enough about your, your talent. And, you know, Aaron, uh, I always ask this of, of all my um, all my guests. I'm going to ask you as well. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? What do you want people to walk away with when they think of Aaron Dallavilla?
1: When they think of Aaron Dallavilla, uh, to have the impact of someone like Leonardo da Vinci, a true Renaissance man who just did so much work and hopefully in doing that work was able to i mean to change the world is a big you know what i mean you know and that takes that takes an army to do it like a film and stuff but while i'm on this earth to inspire people to Put out that art and realize that their art has power to change some aspect of the world. So my goal is to just put out too much content and just inspire people and say, hey, look at where this guy came from. I have a shot, too.
0: No, that's good, Aaron. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough for being on my show. And Aaron, I mean, you're so talented and, and you're still young, so you have the the, the rest of your life to... to uh, to to keep being successful, and I can't wait to see that success, and uh, you know, see you on the big screen, and, and you know, again, just th- really thank you for for being on my show and taking the time out of your day.
1: Thank you, man. It, it's it's such an honor. Anytime I can come on these platforms and uh, and just talk about uh, talk about what I love, man, because I'm really blessed to just to do what I love.